the glass and in. Not killing his beat to do. It's a third win against the top ten. And the Orange had him all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're with you up until 2 o'clock and brought to you by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Uh, Two main topics to get to today. We're going to talk some SU football. The 2018 schedule released just as we left the air yesterday. We've got Nate Mink from Syracuse.com set to join us in about a half hour from now. And we're going to talk a lot of SU basketball today as well. Our good friend Danny Shea is coming on with us at 1 o'clock. I did spend some time with Jerry McNamara this morning, as I do uh, every Thursday as we get ready for the television version of Orange Nation. Uh, We may play that interview back for you in hour number two. Uh, Currently can't get my computer to work, Seth. So if, uh, if... this so that would be a problem. It is, because the program necessary to edit yeah. the interview is on said laptop. If the computer does not work, then we'll have to wait and hear from Jerry tomorrow. If we can get it working, uh, we'll play that uh, interview for you in hour number two. But in any event, we at some to... point, At some point, you're going to turn it on. It's going to make the loud noise. that. No, I, I silence it, so there's going to be no, no noise will be made. Um, I'm wondering if like the battery got too cold or something. Um, I'm not a tech guy, as you know. Don't so. leave stuff in your car. Especially when the it's, moral of the story. When it's yeah. like eight degrees outside. Well, and you don't want to do it when it's too hot either. This is true. It, this is true. So, uh, so bad job by me. But hopefully once my battery thaws, basically, uh, the computer will start to work. Basically, Steve, that means there's about three weeks this whole year in Syracuse that you can leave stuff in your car. Like in April? Maybe like a week in April and a week in November, and then like that's a, about it. And like an odd week somewhere else. Lesson learned. Okay, lesson learned. Uh, but we want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. Two main topics, SU football, SU basketball. I think we'll save football until we bring on Nate Mink and we can discuss the schedule. And I know yesterday as we left the air, you said you wanted to do the win-loss game and, and try to add up to at least six um, to see if this team could get back to a bowl game. So we'll break down the schedule for you coming up in about a half hour from now. But we begin with SU basketball. And I want to start, Seth, with the question I asked you yesterday, literally as we left the air. And I said, if you had to to give your prediction right now, and when I say if, you do. You have to give your prediction I've now. Got, I, I had 22 hours to think. You did. Um, will Syracuse finish in the bottom five? of the ACC Conference, or in the middle five of the ACC Conference. Again, 15 teams in the ACC. Syracuse right now, obviously, towards the bottom. Picked to finish 10th, by the way, in the conference standings. Last year, they were in the 8-9 game in the ACC tournament. And that was with a 10-8 and conference record, right. let's remember. So where does Syracuse finish? 2-4 and four right now. A chance to... To get back to 4-4 four and four in a hurry if they can take care of business next week against BC at home, and then Pittsburgh on the road, and then you know, you're back to 500 going into that Georgia Tech game, and then the schedule gets very difficult once February hits. So you've had 22 hours to think about yeah. it. Where do you stand on this? Bottom five or middle five? We're going to leave out the top five yeah, they're not, for right they're now. They're not finishing top five. Uh, they're, they're just not. Uh, but you know who else probably isn't going to finish top five? Georgia Tech. And right now they're third. So there's a lot of time left in the ACC schedule. Um, this is such a 
difficult thing for me to balance, and, and this was a tough one to really figure out, because right now they're 2-4, and four, right? And, like, they're firmly in the bottom five. They're at 13th right now. Uh, they've got Florida State at the same record as them, NC State uh, at 2-3, and three, along with Miami and Virginia Tech. Um, so part of me wants to say, yeah, they're going to be bottom five, and it's pretty obvious. But it's so tightly packed there still right now. There are a lot of teams at two and three. There are a couple teams at three and three. Um, that I think that Syracuse can make that jump up. And here's something that that tells me that they can as well. And and I think they'll end up finishing in that middle five, six to ten. Right now, according to Ken Palm, they're ninth in the ACC. Right now, according to the RPI, they're seventh, um, which essentially means they're they're they're. They rate out better than their actual record is right now, right? And and at the end of the day, like they're picked to finish better than Georgia Tech. Like Georgia Tech's not going to keep winning three out of every four ACC games they play, right? Like in all likelihood, they're not. So they're going to fall down. I think that Syracuse is better than Wake Forest and Pittsburgh, and that's tough to say because they lost to Wake Forest this year. But they're ahead of them right now, and I think those are two teams that they will stay ahead of throughout this year. I don't think NC State is very good. I think they've won some games early, but I think that they're going to fall back uh, to, to where we think that they could finish. So that's four teams that I think Syracuse is better than. Can they find one more team to be better than and be 10th? I think Boston College is probably going to drop. Okay, there you go. And I think they're, they're going to finish middle five. It's funny that you, that was your reasoning, because that's the way I look at this question. Because my gut says Jim Beheim and that coaching staff will figure it out. And they'll figure out a way to finish in the middle of the pack. So when I pose that question, like my knee-jerk reaction is, they're going to figure it out. They'll figure out a way to get to that 8-9 game or, or whatever. And they'll, they'll get out of the bottom five and they'll finish in the middle five. But then when you you do the math, as you say, we have to do some math. That means five teams have to finish below them. So right. what? which five teams will finish below them in the conference? Well, and, I'm going the, with the two on. that are... Right. So, so these are the ones I came up with, and I'm, I'm sure that we probably have the same list, but this is the way I approach it. So which five teams are going to be below them? Which five teams are, you know, are Syracuse better than? I've got Pitt, I've got Wake, NC State, Boston College... And, and Georgia Tech. I think they're better than those teams. Right. So that gets them to 10th. That gets them out of the bottom five. Now, Georgia Tech right now is 3-1. and one. Georgia Tech has been very good at home. And I'm with you. I think Syracuse is better than Georgia Tech. But at home, they've been very good. And re- remember, they started the season without Josh Okogie. He's back now. They beat Miami by 10 at home. Right. And Syracuse has to go to Georgia Tech. And look, Syracuse lost to Wake Forest already. Like, you know, like, it, we're... we're and, you know, you preface it by saying, oh, I know they lost to Wake Forest. Like, just because they, and so I'll say, just because they lose a game to a team doesn't mean they're not the better team over the course of the year, right? And and so I think that that's kind of where I, I balance that out. Could they lose to Georgia Tech? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they did last year. They lost to Georgia Tech on the road last year, and they couldn't get that win. Um, but I think that everybody would say last year Syracuse was a better team than Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, overall, when all is said and done, and and I think the the, the same thing could happen this year. They can go three and one in this stretch that we talked about that started on Tuesday night, and the one loss could be at Georgia Tech, and we could still sit back and say, well, Syracuse is the better team over the course of the year. Correct. I guess my point is, I just laid out those five teams. I'm not really sure that there's another candidate. 
I mean, of course, is Virginia Tech a candidate? Well, maybe? You, right. You could make a case, but I think Virginia Tech's pretty good. And obviously, Syracuse beat them and and you know beat them pretty handily at home. And that's the beauty of this conference, right? I mean, night in and night out, anything can happen. I think over the course of an entire season, I think Virginia Tech is going to be right there in the middle of the pack. There is not much margin for error, especially starting two and four. I guess that's my point. So, to me, how do I answer that question? I think Syracuse finishes in the in the middle five, but when you when you look at it team by team and do the math, as you like to say, there's a thin margin for error between eleventh and twelfth and ninth or tenth. And here's the question that I want to ask coming off of this: If they finish ninth or tenth versus eleventh or twelfth, like eleventh or twelfth, they're not making the tournament. There's no chance, right? Like, there's no way unless you make a run. Right. In Brooklyn. Well, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have to win it, but you'd have to make a deep run. You would have to probably get to the championship game. But that's the only way. Okay. If they finish ninth or 10th, like, does it matter? Right? Like, is there a difference this year tournament-wise between finishing ninth or 10th in the ACC and finishing 11th or 12th? And by that, I mean, are are the wins going to be there? Can you be ninth or 10th in this league this year and have 10 or 11 ACC wins? Like, can this team rack up 10 wins and only be 10th? And if they are, that's probably enough, I would say, to get into well, the tournament. Let me say this. Let me say this. Um, they were 10 and 8 last year, and they were in the 8 9 game. Right. And if you couple that 10 and 8 with what they, they, they did, three this wins year. over top 10 opponents, remember, if you couple that 10 and 8 with 11 and 2 in the non conference, like they did this year, they are absolutely in. Yes. Absolutely. So does the seed matter? But I guess my, no, but I guess no. my question is. Can you be the tenth best team in the conference this year and get to ten wins, like it or or ninth? Like is ninth in the ACC this year going to have the ten wins that it did last year? And I guess that's the question that I'm asking. Well, and we just don't know that yet. We haven't seen this conference shake out enough yet. I don't think. I mean, BC right now is seventh, and they're three and three. So, you know, that's you're 500, and you're in the you know the upper half of the conference standings right now. So your your point is is if you're 10 and 8, you're probably finishing sixth or seventh. Is that your point? Right. I think that if you're finishing 10, I think that if you get 10 wins, you're probably finishing higher than ninth this year. Where everybody's you did last beating year. up on everybody right. else. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair point. It's tough to project out because we are so early. I mean, we are. What we're not even a third of the way. I mean, some teams have only played four league games, so we're you know a third slash a fourth into the ACC conference schedule. Now you know Syracuse has played six, so they're a third of the way done. But you know, so it is tough to project out. I, I see what you're saying. You know, nine and nine. If you can finish five hundred in this conference, you're probably like a, you're probably in that eight nine game. Is your right. point? Um, Whereas last year you're the eleven seed. Right. That's a fair or the point. Ten seed. Yeah. So are you saying Syracuse can even you know we keep saying ten and eight and coupling with eleven and two you're saying maybe nine wins nine and gets nine you and you you feel you feel pretty good and again nine I think, and nine you win a game in Brooklyn and you're you're probably feeling all right some of it depends on who those nine wins are against um, if you have you know a, a Virginia well you're not going to have uh, you know they lost the Virginia obviously but uh, they get them right home. they get them at home so it could be Virginia you know if you get a Virginia or North Carolina and you have if that you win resume, at Cameron. Probably not going to happen, but Carolina and Virginia are both at home, right? So if you had those on your resume, but and I wouldn't have thought that nine, team two years ago would have won at Cameron, and they managed to pull enough. that off. So who knows? Fair enough. I just I think Duke by the end of the year, and I know I've said this before. I think they're going to be awfully tough, and you know Syracuse gets them later in the year. Yeah. Did you see what they did at the end of that Miami game? I didn't I see mean, the Miami they, game. They they went on a thirty to nine run 
They were down something like 15 points. They ended up winning like easy. I mean, they have so much talent, and you know they're not really playing defense right now. But you got to figure that they're going to figure it out when all said and done. And Syracuse gets them later in the year. They get them down there. I don't think Syracuse has beaten Duke uh, at Duke. Could they knock off Virginia? Could they knock off North Carolina at home? I yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, we know Syracuse plays really well in the dome. So I guess my point is, if it's nine and nine, and you couple that with eleven and two, you get to twenty wins. You've got a couple of legit, you know, top twenty. Uh, type victories on your resume, and you go to Brooklyn and you you win a game. If you're in that eight nine game, remember you got to play the one seed after that. Right. So you know, if you get one down in Brooklyn and you, and you couple it with that resume, yeah, that's probably enough to get in. But again, you got to finish but in that middle to, five, right? But you have to finish in that middle five. You know, uh, I I started that that question that that thing by saying if you finish if you finish eleventh or twelfth, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to the tournament finishing in the bottom third of this conference. So there's work that has to be done, and you've got to get up to that point where you are better than Virginia Tech and Boston College and Wake Forest and NC State and Georgia Tech. Like There's still work to be done to get up to that point for this SU team because of the way they started. If they had gotten one more win, and right now they're sitting at 3-3, three and three, right? If they had won the Notre Dame game, and right now they're sitting at three and three instead of two and four. How much better do you feel about yeah. this team? And right? you know what? Notre Dame, by the way, is not bad. I mean, I know they don't have Bonzi Colson, but now that Matt Farrell's back, they're a good like, team. They're they're good. And yes. you know, the committee would take that into account that Matt Farrell and Bonzi Colson were there. They would more so take it into account for Notre Dame. I think they would take it into account less for Syracuse, right? Yeah, it would be probably. You, you beat Notre Dame. That game is a killer. We said it at the time. They're, they should not have lost that game, and you just hope that it, you know, that particular loss doesn't come back to bite them uh, come Selection Sunday. Let's take a timeout, open up the phone lines, 315-437-7644. Where do you think Syracuse will finish in the ACC standings this year? Bottom five, middle five. We've got to take our first timeout. Back after this. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. We're going to switch gears here in about 10 minutes from now. Nate Mink from Syracuse.com will be on to talk some SU football. The 2018 schedule unveiled yesterday afternoon. We we knew the opponents. Uh, we knew where those games would be played. We now have the order. Uh, and uh, the ACC schedule gets off to a very difficult start for the Orange. Uh, home for Florida State and then at Clemson. That's games one and two in the ACC conference. So we'll talk some football here coming up in about 10 minutes. We continue the basketball talk, though, Seth. And we expected, I think, to some degree, and, and maybe... We were fooled towards the end of the non-conference schedule when Syracuse goes eleven and two, and they they won a bunch of close games, and and maybe we thought, all right, well this team's young, but you know maybe they won't go, go through some growing pains. We know better than that, right? I mean, we we knew that this team, especially in this conference, would deal with some ups and downs, and there would be some bumps in the road. January has been bumpy, right? Since the calendar flipped to twenty eighteen, it's been bumpy. Their lone win in twenty eighteen came against Pittsburgh. So, with that being said. Syracuse has a chance now, a week off, to get ready for BC, and then on the road at Pittsburgh. BC has some nice wins, but all on Chestnut Hill. Pittsburgh is not good. This team, before we know it, could be back to 4-4, four and four, and back to 500, and right on pace to you know finish 9-9 and nine or give itself a shot at 10-8. and eight. And I know the schedule gets more difficult in February, but you know it's, it's never as good as you think it is, and 
I think we need to remind ourselves it's never as bad as you think it is. You know, yeah, they scored 59 points against Pitt, but they won by 14, and now they're 2-4, and four, and they have a chance. Again, if they take care of business and do what they should do this next week, week and a half, they can be back to 4-4 four and four before we know it. Right, that's the important part, and, and I think you mentioned there, maybe there was a little fool's gold, and, and uh, you know, maybe we got ahead of ourselves uh, with the way they played in the non-conference, but let's not forget, they looked really good, right? Like, that that looked like a very good team uh, in the non-conference slate. They were they were playing well, they were, they were, you know, beating teams in close games, they were beating teams that they had to beat, and they looked like a pretty good team. Um, they came out of the gate, they beat Virginia Tech, they looked good in that game. Uh, they were in control the whole time, and now these three, the, those three losses in a row, they really struggled. Uh, but as you said, if they go out and take care of business, they could be right where they have to be. Does take care of business mean win the next three? Does it mean win two of the next three? Um, it certainly it, means it win, wins, win the next two, in right. my, in my no, opinion. It I, certainly means I win I the totally next two. I totally agree with that. It means you've got to win at home against Boston College and pit on the road, and then that third one uh, with Georgia Tech, if you win that... Uh, then I think that you are in a in a very good position uh, to get ahead of Georgia Tech to to push up into that middle middle third of the ACC and and jump back into tournament uh, discussion. I know, look, I know that bracketology and, and early bracket protections uh, projections, excuse me, have Syracuse still in, which I, I find a little bit surprising, but. They're not out of it yet, right? They've just got to go and win games. And I think that this next week and a half, as you've said a couple times, as I've said, this next week and a half, two weeks, will tell us a lot about this team. And we'll know a lot more about this team come, you know, Super Bowl Saturday when they go to the Dome to play Virginia than we do right now. If they go into that game five and four in conference, if they go into that game, you know, with, uh, with 16 wins overall, like we'll be thinking, all right, we're sitting in a good position if, if you're the Syracuse Orange. You're sitting in a pretty good spot. Uh, if they go into that game with anything less than 15 wins overall, I think you're in a little bit of trouble there uh, just because of the way that February schedule lays out. Syracuse absolutely needs to win these next two games against BC and Pittsburgh. I still don't quite know what to make of Georgia Tech. You look at what they've done in conference so far. Again, 3-1. and one. Uh, the one loss came at Notre Dame. Their wins, they had a good win at home over Miami, one by 10. They beat a shorthanded Notre Dame team at home, and then they, they did go on the road, and they beat Pittsburgh. You look at what they have to, to do before now and when Syracuse travels down to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Their next game, Seth, is home against Virginia. After that, they are on the road in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. After that, they're on the road in Tallahassee to take on Florida State. And then after that, they're home for Clemson. So these next four games, I think, are going to tell us a lot about Georgia Tech. Just how good are they? Just how good right. are they at home? Can they beat Clemson at home? Can they you know, hang with, with Virginia? I mean, Virginia is as good as anyone in the country, obviously, yet to lose in the ACC. Just one loss on the season. Can they hang with Virginia at home? Can they beat Clemson at home? We'll have those answers by the time Syracuse travels down there. So the way I look at it is take care of business against BC and Pitt, and then I don't quite know what to make of that Georgia Tech game yet, but as it approaches, I think we'll have a better idea of what to expect. Oh, totally agree. We'll see this team play more with Josh Okogie. We'll see them play more with uh, the Ben Lammers, the they're two uh, all-ACC caliber players, and we'll have a, a good idea of where that team is. Have they actually gotten better from last year, or are they just kind of, you know, the same team? 
right? And if they're just kind of sort of the same team uh, that they were last year, I, I think that's a game that, you know, is maybe in Syracuse's favor because I thought that Syracuse was the better team last year um, and, and they couldn't pull off that win. Remember, there was the, the moving screen on Roberson late. Um I think if Georgia Tech is the same team as they were last year and they haven't improved, I think that you've got to win that game. Um, if they've improved, if they've gotten better, you've got wiggle room. But uh, if they're just the same team and they're just as good as they were last year, I think you've got to win. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Bill and Cicero kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Bill. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How are, are you? you? Guys, good. Are you guys delusional? We're just not a good basketball team. you got to face it. I, you broke we up there no, a little bit. Bill, no Bill, Bill, hang on. Bill, hang on. Very little. Bill, you broke up there a little bit. Did you say that this is just not a good basketball team? Is that what you said? No, it's not. You guys okay. are delusional. Well, I don't know how we're delusional. I mean, we're saying that they obviously have issues. If if they want to make, so you're saying no chance they can make the NCAA tournament. Is that, is that nope, your take? not a chance. Okay, I disagree with that. And if they win that. their next three? Uh, What's that? And if they win their next three against teams that are at the bottom of the ACC? I, I don't see it happening. You know, they, they just don't have enough talent this year. The, the basketball diehard fans in Syracuse land have got to realize we're just not a good team this year. We're okay. not. And, and that's totally fine, Bill. Uh, you say delusional. I think we're being realistic. I think delusional would say, hey, you know, they could still They're finish in great it. position. You know, they yeah. get a top four seed in the ACC tournament and get a double buy. I mean, that's not what we're saying. I mean, we're not delusional. We're being realistic. Is it realistic this team could finish eighth? Who would have said last year when Syracuse was eight and six that this team's going to go 10 and eight in the conference, exactly. have three top 10 wins, and, you know, play in the eight nine game in Brooklyn? You would have said back then, you're delusional. They're just not that good. Teams grow up over the course of a season, especially young teams. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying this team's going 10-8 and or 11-7 and in conference play. I, I'm saying that there is a chance that they can finish you know, in that 8-9-10 range. And that could be, depending on what the resume looks like, because they played so well in non-conference, that could, that be, could be enough, enough. to get them to the NCAA tournament. If you ask me right now, percent chance this team goes to the NCAA tournament, I think it's like 50-50. I, I do. I think it's... You're, you can make a case for. I you can might make a case go against. a little lower, but May, yeah, fine. What sixty forty? I mean, it's it's I, yeah, it's probably not, sixty forty. It's not against, a long yeah. shot right now. No. It is. It could go either way, and they've got a two week stretch here that is going to be vital to the rest of their season. And if they take care of business and they get back to four and four, maybe even five and four, as you're suggesting. That gives them a fighter's chance into February and beyond. And I don't think that's delusional. I think that's just the way it is. I think that's just realistic. They could finish 12th in the conference and go to the NIT. They could finish 8th in the conference and go to the NCAA tournament as a 10 seed or a 9 right. seed. It can happen. we yeah, got to take absolutely. a timeout. 315-437-7644. Going to switch gears when we come back. Nate Mink from Syracuse.com will join us to talk some SU football. Keep it here. Orange Nation returns right after this on Orange Nation. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. All right, so we're waiting on Danny Shays, and while we do that, we'll get to today's business, brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amour CPAs, and for that, we bring in our producer, Max. What's up today, Max? Hey, guys. How we doing? How we doing? Good. So, Steve, we talked a little bit about yesterday, all the donations and charity. There was another one that I just wanted to mention. It's a feel-good story again. The Saints punter, uh, Thomas Morstead. I believe his name is, yes. Had his broken ribs, right? Yes. Uh, torn cartilage in his ribs still punted after that 
54, 56 punt yard, uh, yard punts collectively. So Vikings fans uh, were very impressed with his grit, and they have donated more than $150,000 to Morstead's What You Give Will Grow charity. So, Steve, another feel-good story for you on this Thursday. I love it. I, um, you know, we hear so many negative things in sports. Um, you know, when the competitive spirit comes to light, and you know, we saw well, we saw a brawl last night in the NBA. Like, I mean, you, you know, how about the, you know, the whole Rockets invading the Clippers locker room, and I, I don't that know. Was we funny. See, we see so many, you know, negative things when you know the competitive juices start to flow. I, I like the fact that you know the fans are jumping on board with this and paying it forward and. Yeah, it's fun. It's nice to talk some it's positivity nice story, every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I mean, just wanted to throw that out there. A little feel-good to get us started today. Um, I just had a question about this Syracuse basketball team moving forward. Who's, who do you guys think the most important player is not named Tyus Battle for this team moving forward? Is it as easy as saying Frank Howard? Is it as easy as saying Pascal Chukwu? What do you guys think? I, I've said it since the beginning of the season, and I'm not going to back off. I said it before the season even started. I said, you know, Tyus is obviously the best player in the team. The most important player is Frank Howard, and that has not changed. I mean, that is a fact. When he's good, they're generally good. When he struggles with turnovers or, you know, struggles scoring the basketball or struggles with fouls, I mean, lately we've seen him, you know, here and there get into foul trouble. That's a problem for this team. They need their starting point guard to be good night in and night out. And by and large, he's been good this year. Um, he's the most important player outside of Ty's battle. And again, I made the case before the season started, he's the most important player, period, because we know battle is as good as he is, and we know he's going to be there night in and night out. If this team wants to get to the NCAA tournament, Frank Howard's going to have to come up big this second half of the season. Yeah, no doubt. It's Frank Howard. Uh, I think he's the second most important player. He's got to be a consistent scorer. He's got to be a consistent distributor. He's got to be a consistent leader. Can I make, take can I make the case for Pascal really quick? I mean, I know Frank Frank can be good, not great. And if he's consistent, we all know the team's going to play well. But if you guys were talking about last week where the offense needs to come from, that extra 10 points, 12 points, and the rebounding, if Pascal plays well, I think this team has a whole other dimension to it. If you got I, that guy down low getting the offensive rebounds, cleaning up the glass, see, getting I an agree, occasional dunk. I agree, dunk. but I think that... Frank, just by nature of his position, oh yeah, control, no, I completely controls I see what he you, does a yeah. lot more. You know, like like Pascal could play well and still not get the opportunities to get points, right? right? Like if Frank plays well, he's going to get points because he's controlling the ball so much. So I th- I think because of the nature of his position too, he's got to be the he's got to be the guy, right? And I see, I, I I agree completely, Seth. But I'm just saying, you know, Frank, what's he averaging? 15 points right now, and. You know, if he gets anywhere near that 15-point mark, and I think if you get Pascal the looks down low to get Pascal kind of towards the double digits, averaging about 10 instead of what he's averaging now, about 6, yeah. I think that adds a completely other dimension I to totally this team. I totally agree. Here's the thing, okay? They play like six guys. Yeah, uh, that's the everyone other thing. is important, <laughs> everyone. okay? Right. So, they, yes, they need someone other than the big three. You know, three guys scoring double figures against Pittsburgh. It's the same three. Like, they need someone else to make an impact on the offensive end. I think Pascal is the most likely option to do that. So obviously he's important, but everyone's important. They need Merrick to start playing better, start playing like he was before the ACC started. He's kind of taken a step back. I think O'Shea Brissett, again, he's been steady and he's been, you know, he's been there, but 
you know, he's taken a step back to some degree, finishing at the rim and yeah. his efficiency on the offensive end. And that's going to happen with freshmen. We made the point yesterday. We made right. the point for the last three months that, you know, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle are the only two guys on this team who have, have played meaningful minutes at the Division One college basketball level. Everybody else, for the most part, even Pascal, the, the experience is so limited. So they're going to grow up over the course of the season. They're going to get better. They're going to get used to playing these better teams. And I think you're going to see, you know, we had a caller earlier say it's delusional for us to say they could make the NCAA tournament. No, it isn't. Teams grow up over the course of a year. This team is so young that I think you will see them continue to grow up as the season progresses. And and so with that being said, everyone is important. That's a cop-out, but it's true. They play six or seven guys. All of them are important. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not delusional at all to say that they will make the NCAA tournament. They were on the bubble last year, and they had a, a much worse record at this point in the season. Absolutely. And now they have BC, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, which I think we can all agree should be three not easy wins, but they should come out on top Two in those games. Two wins and a toss-up. Right. And that toss-up very well might be the Wednesday game against Boston College, I would think, right? And then you no, the- I think two wins and a toss-up in that order. I think. Oh, you think Georgia Tech? Yeah. The toss-up is Georgia Tech. I, I mean, they BC's should tough, be, though. BC. They but should beat home, BC. You should beat them. I think. They should beat BC. And and you know what you're getting with the Eagles. You're getting a really good backcourt and a team that has not played well away from Chestnut Hill. They've played great, but you're getting them in the Dome. You've got a week to prepare for them. I think Syracuse should win this game. I certainly think Syracuse should win at Pitt. And then Georgia Tech... To, to me, is a toss-up. They do play well at home. They've got Josh Okogie back. It's a it's a team that gave Syracuse trouble last year. I think that one's a toss-up. That was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPA. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning, tax preparation services, and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. All right, we've got Danny Shays uh, on hold. We'll take a break. We'll get to him next. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio.